0: This is Fair Issues on the Mormon Faircast. This week's article is entitled, Keeping the Faith, Proof is in the Eye of the Beholder, by Michael R. Ash, read by Ned Scarsbrick. This and other articles by Michael Ash can be found at deseretnews.com. This article was used by permission of the author and the Deseret News. Critics frequently claim that one reason they reject the Book of Mormon is because it is unsupported by archaeological evidence. Some have gone so far as to claim that they would believe in the Church if archaeology could prove that the Book of Mormon is true. The next several installments will deal with evidence, proof, faith, and the Book of Mormon archaeology. I should note two important points regarding the nature of evidence and the necessity of faith. First, I'm unconvinced that any critic would convert because of some alleged proof, because I doubt that any proof could ever satisfy those who have truly hardened their hearts against Joseph Smith. Some time back, for example, one angry message board critic wrote that even if modern DNA studies exhibited an Israelite presence in the ancient Americas, it would not in the slightest. Lend some credence to Mormon truth claims. All such a find would do, he argues, would confirm what many people in Joseph Smith's day already believed the common belief in the United States 175 years ago that the American Indian was a descendant of the Israelites, quoted in Shaken Faith Syndrome, page 54 this would be the critics' likely response to virtually any evidence found to support the Book of Mormon. If a text was uncovered in an ancient Mesoamerican ruin that was translated to say, Nephi slept here, the majority of critics would still not be satisfied, and issues would be raised. How do we know that the text really dates from the Book of Mormon times? How do we know the text wasn't planted by some byu archaeologist because such a text would have not been written in english challenges would arise regarding the translation to the english nephi and the decision to use all those specific latin letters in the english rendition of nephi's name even if it could be shown that the name was really nephi critics would simply contend that this was one example of a fantastic coincidence such as the bizarre coincidence that Thomas Jefferson and John Adams, who wrote and edited the Declaration of Independence, which was adopted on July 4, 1776, both died exactly 50 years later, on July 4, 1826. Jesus once said, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Luke chapter 16 verse 31. The late Hugh Nibley once observed, when a man asks for proof, we can be pretty sure that proof is the last thing in the world he really wants. His request is thrown out as a challenge, and the chances are that he has no intention of being shown up. Secondly, the Lord doesn't work via secular proofs because that would confound the primary principle of agency. While there are evidences that support religious convictions, there are no intellectually decisive proofs, and there will always be evidences that conflict with our beliefs. Secondly, the Lord doesn't work via secular proofs because that would confound the primary principle of agency. While there are evidences that support religious convictions, there are no intellectually decisive proofs, and there will be, always be evidences that conflict with our beliefs. See 2 Nephi chapter 2, verses 11-16. through 16. LDS scholar Terrell Gibbons explains, There are appealing arguments for God as a childish projection, for modern prophets as scheming or deluded impostors, and for modern scripture as so much fabulous fiction. But there is also compelling evidence that a glorious divinity presides over the cosmos, that God calls and anoints prophets, and that his word and will are made manifest through a sacred canon that is never definitively closed. Non-LDS philosophers have argued that in order for us to have spiritual freedom, freedom to make choices, God cannot allow us to know by secular proof alone that he exists. Non-LDS philosophy instructor Joseph Lynch, for example, explains that this gap, quote, is necessary so that human beings can freely make moral choices and freely choose God. It can't be too obvious that God exists, but his existence shouldn't be altogether implausible either. End of quote. Shaken Faith Syndrome, page 40. If humans had incontrovertible secular evidence for the existence of God, they would be unable to freely choose whether or not to accept God. For modern revelation, we know that without faith and testing, we would be following a plan not unlike the one proposed by Satan, a plan that compels all of us to return to the Father. I am convinced, notes Gibbons, that there must be grounds for doubt as well as belief in order to render the choice more truly a choice. The option to believe must appear on our personal horizon like the fruit of paradise, perched precariously between two sets of demands held in dynamic tension. One is, it would seem, always provided with sufficient materials out of which to fashion a life of credible conviction or dismissive denial. We are acted upon, in other words, by appeals to our personal values, our yearnings, our fears, our appetites, and our egos. What we choose to embrace and to be responsive to is the purest reflection of who we are and what we love. That is why faith, the choice to believe, is, in the final analysis, an action that is positively laden with moral significance. If you like this podcast, you can help promote it by subscribing to it on iTunes or by rating it and writing a review. Post a link on your blog and Facebook page and tell your friends about us. Questions or comments about this episode can be sent to podcast at fairlds.org or join the conversation at fairblog.org. Michael Ash is the author of the book Shaken Faith Syndrome strengthening one's testimony in the face of criticism and doubt, as well as the book of Faith and Reason, 80 Evidences Supporting the Prophet Joseph Smith. Both books are available for purchase online through the Fair Bookstore. Music for this episode was provided courtesy of Lawrence Green. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or that of Fair Mormon.